As we wrap up our seven-week series on dangerous prayers, I wanted to begin this one just a little different than the others, and I thought that we would have a little bit of trivia time. Uh, so get your thinking cap on. Some of these are from the Bible. Some of these are from outside the Bible. But the topic for this is famous last words. So do you know who said these words? Here's the first one. Famous last words. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. Anyone know who said those famous last words? Goliath. Those were his literally last words on earth, and he spoke those to young David who took him out with a sling. Uh, what about these famous last words? They couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. American history buff. This is Union General John Sedgwick who said that the Confederate army could not hit him from that distance and he would not bow his head low behind the rocks like his uh, officers were telling him to. Uh, and minutes later, a Confederate sniper hit him. Uh, famous last words. How about this one? I have a terrific headache. That is President Franklin Roosevelt, uh, who passed away of a massive cerebral hemorrhage. Uh, he said that before he passed out. How about this one? Famous last words, I hope I haven't bored you. Supposedly, this was Elvis Presley's last words. I hope I haven't bored you. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. This is from the book of Acts. Stephen, these were Stephen's last words as he was being stoned uh, outside the city. Uh, Lord, don't hold this sin against the mirroring Jesus' words on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. How about these ones? Last ones. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and for eternity. Who said these famous last words? New Testament writer. These were the last ever words that the Apostle Peter would speak through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to his church. And so as we look at these last words of Peter this morning, we're going to wrap up our series on dangerous prayer with a simple prayer to God, grow me. Grow me. Now, I was curious with our verse here, uh, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when I first came to these words, I was like, but don't we already have the full grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord? Why would Peter tell us to grow in this grace? 
Uh, and so then I thought, you know, why don't I look at how this word for grow is used in the rest of the New Testament? It's from the Greek word auxano, and Jesus uses this word grow to talk of lilies growing and flowers and seed, mustard seeds growing. He uses the word to talk of children growing. It's even used of Jesus when he was a young child growing up. It's used of the Word of God growing as it's going out in the book of Acts and, and also for the church of God as it is growing by leaps and bounds in the New Testament. Paul uses the word to talk about growing in our faith and also growing in Christian maturity into our head, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So of all the last words Peter could have left the church with, why would Peter use these words? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Peter, as an epistle, a whole book, is writing about the end times and how things are going to get on the earth and for the church as we get closer and closer to that last day when Jesus comes back in all of his glory. And so St. Peter says things are going to get so bad that every day the church needs to live with one foot in here, this world, but also one foot in eternity. And so this growth and the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ is the antidote for us. And Peter says a world that is going to grow increasingly lawless before Jesus comes back. And by lawlessness, Peter means nothing is going to be morally wrong anymore. But people are going to do whatever they say is right. And Peter also says that before the end, Jesus comes back, there's going to be increasing group pressures and pressures on the people and world around you to do things, to choose behaviors and actions that you might not otherwise choose. And so the pressure is going to go up. And there's also going to be just this rebellious spirit of the age. And as all these pressures are pushing on us, not just Peter, but Jesus and the Gospels and Paul and his letters, says that near the end, even many Christians are going to fall away from the faith. They're going to stop following and listening to the truth of God's word. And so Peter is saying the antidote for every one of us to avoid this and to stand firm in Jesus Christ to the end is to grow in his grace and knowledge until that great and glorious day. So what we have here from Peter's words, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, is really one simple growth principle that we're going to look at now. And it's very simple, and it's as simple as this, right? What we feed grows. What we starve dies. Right? I am kind of one of those 
uh, green lawn weirdos where I like a nice, lush, green yard. Uh, and so my preference is Scott's weed and feed. Uh, sometimes I will rake up some of the loose brown grass underneath it, put the fertilizer down, make sure it's getting watered, and then the grass grows nice and lush, and I like to take our push lawnmower and as best as I can stripe the grass, and sometimes horizontal, sometimes vertical, and then even a nice diagonal cut once in a while. And, and the more that I feed our grass the more that it grows. Or we could say the same thing for our little dog, Simba. The more that we feed Simba, <laughs> the more that our dog grows. Uh, and maybe recently a little more than he needs to grow, <laughs> right? Uh, he has a little sweet tooth. Uh, or, or we could say the same even with our egos. And our pride, right? The more that we feed our ego, the more that it also grows. But conversely, what we starve withers and dies. Right? Use those same examples. If, if I don't tend to our grass, about the time July comes, usually, what happens? <laughs> We get the summer brown, right? If we stopped feeding our dog, what would happen? <laughs> His future is not too bright, right? <laughs> if we starve anyone of attention and affection, what starts to happen? They wilt and begin to die on the inside. So what we feed grows what we starve dies and i think the principle underneath these last words of peter to you and to me as the church is simply this that spiritual growth is not an accident that we don't just stumble one day into a really rich and deep communion with our god but just like for plants and gardens and landscaping and horticulture, right? There's a time when we have to clear the old debris and the dead things. And then we have to till the soil. And then we put plants in or seeds in. And then maybe we fertilize the beds and, and add some water. But it keeps going, doesn't it? We have to continue to water. We have to continue to weed and cultivate so that the plants, the garden, the landscaping grows into full blossom and abundant fruit. The same way in our walk with Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen accidentally, but it takes intention and commitment to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what if today 
we started to think of this and this and all of this, not as church, but as God's greenhouse. That all of this is, is God's greenhouse. The place where he grows his church. And so whether it's corporately as his family or individually at home or with our loved ones, whenever we create margin in our day and in our weeks to just be with God in prayer, to have solitude, to meditate on scripture, to come to his table, to gather with his family, to worship him with our prayer and our praise, to fast, to serve others in the name of Jesus, and, and even to bow our knees in repentance. We can't see it, and many times we probably can't even feel it, but the Holy Spirit is working and tilling the soil in our hearts and lives, clearing the debris away and preparing us for growth and fruitfulness and enjoying a fullness of life in Jesus Christ our Lord. What is Wednesday? Ash Wednesday, right? What is Tuesday? <laughs> Fat Tuesday, we can grow there too, can't we? <laughs> but Wednesday starts the season of Lent. And not just a church season, but even outside, right? Lent is a time when we transition the spring thaw. It's coming, believe me. <laughs> when we transition from winter into spring, and just as we might go outside and begin to do that beginning work on our beds and gardens, what a time of Lent to not only clear out anything in our heart that distances us from God or, or distracts us from Him and prepare to cultivate here for more growth. And we're going to, this season of Lent, focus on the mercy of our God as we journey with Jesus to the cross and back on Easter morning. What a time in God's green house for His people to grow. Amen.